0: Welcome to Christian Faith Center. We're a church that meets in multiple locations. If you'd like to know more about our church, just head to our website, experiencecfc.com. Thanks for joining us. Well, how many are glad to be going back to two services next Sunday? Come on. All right. All the eleven fifteen people said amen. Awesome. We know who you are. We know what's up. And, um, and the first service people are just happy to have their chairs back. Amen. Come on. All right. I I talked to, uh, I I talked to a family the other day and I know where they usually sit, saw them like some weird chair way in the back. And I said, Oh, you found a new chair. They're like, we liked our old one better pastor. You know, thank you for showing the love of Jesus. Come on somebody. So it's been good. Well, Hey, I'm excited to be concluding our series today, hot summer Sundays. And, um, to that awesome gal who just won 40 dollars in Blazin Burgers and a cornhole set. Um just know that if your family wants to take me out to lunch, my wife is out of town, so me and my boys are hungry. Come on somebody. <laughs> I care what you say, no one does chicken strips like Blazin Burgers. Well, hey, I want you to grab your Bibles today and turn with me to the very first book in the Bible, that is Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, um, turn with me to the very first book, the book of Genesis, that's in the beginning of your Bible. Some of y'all are new to the Bible, so it's the second chapter, first book, Genesis chapter 2. Um, I, I want to talk to you today about something um, that isn't very popular or common for us to talk about, but I think it needs to be, I think it's important, and I want to talk to you about the pace of heaven. The Pace of Heaven. If I had to give today's message a title, I'd call it The Pace. Last Sunday, I talked about the press. And if you were not here last weekend, or you did not join us through the online campus, I would encourage you to jump online and listen to the message I preach called The Press. It is a message that will help you. It will set you free. It will help you endure and not just go through, but grow through difficult times in your life. And so I want to talk to you today about The Pace the pace. I want to talk to you about rest. And all through Genesis chapter one, we actually find, um, really the history of creation. We find out how all things that were created were created. We find out that God spoke, um, our planet, spoke creation into existence. Literally, He breathed in, He breathed out everything that we can observe and see. And so we see that in Genesis chapter one and two. And, um, We land in Genesis chapter 2 in the beginning here, and you'll hear the Scripture saying this all throughout Genesis chapter 1. You'll hear Genesis talking um, about how evening passes and morning came. And today I'm going to talk to you about rest. And I'm going to talk to you about the importance of rest. And from the very beginning of the Bible, we see this, that even the way God outlined days, that evening passed and morning came. We oftentimes look at days from morning to night. But I want you to know that God looked at them from evening to morning. From evening to morning. Evening passed and morning came. In other words, the beginning of the day started with rest. He began the day with rest. Evening came, rest. Then morning came. I believe that we are supposed to live and work and operate from rest. A lot of us, we work to rest. Come on, we should be resting to live. Resting to work. This is such an important principle. This is actually, by the way, the Jewish understanding of a day is not morning to evening. It's, it's evening to morning. We, we are to be rested. We're to operate from a place of rest. And I want to talk to you about rest today. Genesis chapter two. I've given you all the time I can to get there. Come on. It's an easy one to find, but I want to read verses two and three and really kind of land on these and talk to you about a powerful principle that I believe has The ability to transform each and every one of our lives. So, Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 2. I want to read verses 2 and 3. It says, On the seventh day, God finished His work of creation, so He rested. Everybody say rested. So He rested from all of His work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. Everybody say holy. Because it was the day when He rested from all of his work of creation. Would you pray with me? And let's ask the Lord to speak to our lives through his word. Father, we love you. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here to bring life and power and revelation through the word of God. I pray that you'd speak to each and every one of us that we would catch something, that we wouldn't just hear it, but we would catch it and receive it into our hearts in a way that would build our lives. I pray for our online family joining us from all over the nation and the world. We pray blessing over them. God, use this word to build us up. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Um, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but every single culture has a pace. You ever notice that? Some of y'all never been out of Idaho. And so uh, let me just say this. How many know people from other states moving here, it's changing the pace of Idaho, amen? And so we used to be that... And this kind of always bothered me about Idaho, but Idaho people don't know how to use stop signs. You ever notice that? You roll up to a stop sign and they're like, oh, no, no, go ahead. And I'm like, listen, I appreciate your kindness and brotherly love, but y'all holding up the intersections. There is a rule. Whoever gets there first goes. The same Mayberry, get moving, you know, like there's a way to operate. We backed up a mile down here and y'all like, no, no, go, go. You first. No, no, you first. No, no, you first. All the while we're losing our junk back here, 20 cars deep, you know, just go. Some of y'all like you should have took an extra week of vacation, you know, like something's not right, but it's changing. The pace is changing. I think one of my, my wife and I, one of our favorite places to go is Hawaii. And what we love about Hawaii is Hawaii has its own time. And you'll walk up to a coffee shop in Hawaii and they'll be like, yeah, we open at eight unless we don't. It might be 830. It might be nine. Aloha. You know? (laughs) And so we'll get here when we get here. It's Hawaii time. Um, My wife and I and my, my two boys, we were on vacation in Orlando and we did the whole Universal Studios thing just last week. And. It was, it was awesome, or else two weeks ago now, but it was awesome. But man, I'm telling you, the traffic in Orlando, no thank you. Okay, that's not the will of God. And, uh, and we get into, we, we get into Universal Studios and it was wild. I mean, there was, it was like oceans of ants. You just people everywhere. Listen, when you are nine feet tall with a seven foot wingspan, it is not good to be pressed around people like that. I feel like I'm about to take out a toddler every time I turn around. It's, it's just, But, I mean, just busy, just packed, just buzzing with people all the time. And we stayed in this area that has a lot of, you know, condos and different things. Just totally touristy. And we went into this Walmart and it was unreal. I'm talking like... It was, it was like 20, it was like a 2020 flashback, you know, people stuffing toilet paper under their shirts and stuff. You know what I mean? Just, it was mayhem. And I asked this lady who looked like she was having a perpetual panic attack. You know what I mean? She was checking us out. And I was like, is it like this all the time? And she said, all the time. It never stops. It never, and with like a little bit of trepidation, you know, it, ne- it never stops. You know, <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh my, whoo, you know, um, And yet, I'm so challenged when I look at the pace of Jesus. Because it doesn't matter, Hawaii, Idaho, Orlando, Universal, you know, all these. I want to model my life not after any culture on earth. I want to model my life after the culture of heaven. And the great example we have is Jesus Christ himself. And it's interesting to me, as I study the life of Jesus, it is both inspiring and frustrating to me. Because Jesus never seemed to be in a hurry, ever. Now, he did not have to deal with intersections in Nampa, so unfair advantage, okay? Um, But the reality was, he was never in a hurry. Matter of fact, you will not find a single time in the Bible where Jesus ran anywhere. Didn't matter what the emergency was, doesn't matter when his best friend was dying, he's like, it will be all right. God will get glory. I won't be able to be there till he's... Well, till he's dead. But that's okay. I'll raise him up again, you know? Um, The only time, actually, we see God running in the Scripture is in the story of the prodigal son, where the father ran to meet his wayward son that was coming home from a life of sin and brokenness. It's one of the reasons why at Christian Faith Center, we say we are very passionate about sons and daughters of God coming home to their father in heaven. We will channel our energy, come on, our resources, our focus into seeing people accept Christ and be welcomed back into the family of God. But there is a pace of heaven. Matter of fact, I'd go so far as to say there is a pace of heaven and there is a pace of hell. It's true. Matter of fact, we we see God resting. We see Jesus not rushing. Moving with intentionality. Moving with focus. We see even God in creation. He worked for six days. Then He's like, "Ah, I'm going to take a rest. And He modeled that for us. It's important for us to understand theologically that God did not rest because He needed it. God rested because we needed it. There are things that God did not out of need, but out of example. I liken the rest of God to baptism. Jesus was baptized not because he needed it. He was baptized because we needed it. He told the apostle, or he told John the Baptist, he said, baptize me for righteousness sake. In other words, for right example, baptize me. Jesus didn't need to be forgiven of sin. He did it as an example. Of why we would, when we are forgiven by Jesus, we're baptized as a as an expression of this new life we have found in God. He He was baptized because He needed it. He rested in creation because we needed it. He set the tone for what the pace of heaven is by resting even when He did not need it. But there's also a pace of hell. Revelation 12, 10. Some of you are like, oh boy. (laughs) Revelation 12, 10. Listen to this. It says, Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last. Salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ for the accuser of our brothers. This is the name given to Satan. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth. Listen. The one who accuses them before God day and night, day and night, day and night. He never stops. He never rests. The devil is always killing, always stealing, always destroying, always messing up lives, always accusing God's people. He does not take a break. The difference between the pace of heaven and the pace of hell is rest. No wonder that rest is under attack in our day and age. No wonder people are getting burnt out and exhausted. I believe the enemy of our souls is winning the pace battle in many lives right now. And friends, we can't let it happen. We're not called to burn out for Jesus. We're called to burn on for the glory of God. We're called to stay lit, to let our light shine, to let our passion for God continue to draw people to Jesus. And if we're going to be all that God's called us to be, then we've got to take ground in the pace battle. We've got to take back our health, take back a healthy pace so that we can do what God has called us to do and be who God has called us to be. You know, I found that people are really tired right now. It's the number one thing I get when I talk to people. How you doing? I'm tired. Tired. More out. 52% of people surveyed are experiencing burnout in 2021. 52%. That is over half the people in this room for those that don't do math in public. (laughs) That is a terrifying thing to me as a pastor. To stand before groups of people realizing that most of us are experiencing extreme weariness. An emotional burnout. That's up from 43%. In a pre-COVID survey. Um, The millennial age group is experiencing this at a higher rate, where 59% of them surveyed are experiencing emotional or physical burnout. However, Gen Z, the generation under millennials, is neck and neck at 58% are reporting emotional, physical, I would also say spiritual burnout. Up from 47% who said the same in 2020. You know, even large companies have begun to take notice. It's already hard enough to find people um, that are willing to work. But now we're experiencing it even more. The, the, the businesses and companies are starting to say, the people we do have that want to be on our team are burning out at an exponential rate. Mozilla, the company Mozilla, shut the entire company down for a wellness week in July. And they instituted a Friday off once a month. Shut the whole business down in July for a week, a wellness week. Bumble, the company behind the dating app, took the week off or took a week off in July as well. LinkedIn shut down for a week in April, trying to rest their people. The Canadian e-commerce company Shopify instituted rest and refuel Fridays globally, according to all their employees across the world. Fidelity is granting U.S. employees full full-time and part-time employees, five additional paid, they're called relief days. Relief days. Because people are burning out. Marriott International is adding three paid, they're calling them take care days. For when you're burned out, stressed out, unable to come to work and function properly. They're also giving every employee the Fridays before Memorial Day, Fourth of July, and Labor Day to try to increase three-day weekends. There's so much scientific proof, we don't even have time to go into the effects of stress, weariness, and burnout on the body. But I did find a very interesting study that was actually done on Martin Luther King Jr. and the effects of constant pressure and stress on the body. You know, after his death, they actually autopsied his body and they found out, even though he was only 39 years old, he had the heart of a 60-year-old man. Doctors concluded that the pressure he had experienced in his career, obviously, leading our nation to a hinge point in America but it had put such a stress upon his body he had aged to the 60 the status of a 60 year old man they concluded the pressure he experienced is stressed and aged his heart young people are having heart attacks at a more common rate now than ever before there are actually names being given to people, young people that are falling over dead from overwork in both Japan and China. It's a pandemic of global proportion. And there are plenty more examples, and maybe it's obvious to you. Maybe you're like, oh, I'm totally wrecked. Like, uh, matter of fact, is Marriott hiring? <laughs> I could use some take care days, you know? Um, but if you're not sure where you are, Let me just give you a couple examples that might help you indicate if you're struggling. Do people drain you all the time? Sleep and vacation no longer refuel you. Your main emotion becomes numbness. You no longer feel the highs nor the lows of life. You just endure. Your passion has faded. You struggle to sleep. You get sick at a more rapid rate than you did before. Many people even battle suicidal ideation because they don't see a way off the hamster wheel. This is not of God, friends. So how do we fix it? What do we do? The good news is there's a solution. It's called the pace of heaven. And God has given to us a model of rest. I want you to write this down. I want to give you just a few things. I'm a simple preacher. I want to give you a few things that are going to help your life. Online campus, I'd encourage you to jot these down. Number one, rest is a command. It is a command from God. There's no shame in it. There should not be guilt for resting. I think one of the reasons God commanded it was He knew that we would be terrible at it. (laughs) And so, you can just take the guilt off. God wants you to rest. God told you to rest. It is God's ideal lifestyle for you to be a person that experiences rest. If God modeled rest... How much more do we need to integrate rest into our lives? Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. It says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Listen, you have six days each week to do your ordinary work. But the seventh day is to be a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and your daughters your male and your female servants, your livestock, any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Did you know that honoring the Sabbath is actually one of the Ten Commandments? It's one of the Ten Commandments. It's so funny, I I hear this quite often. I hear people say like, oh yeah, 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 but that was Old Testament. I mean, that was like like Old Testament. I mean, that's like the law. I don't live under the law. I I live under grace. That's why I'm so broke down, you know? (laughs) Do you know the Bible tells us that the covenant of grace is a better covenant? It's a greater covenant. If it was a blessing then, it should be an extra blessing now. On top of that, can I just say that before there ever was a law or a Ten commandments, the Lord modeled the Sabbath for us. All the way back in the very beginning, before there was a Ten, before there was a Moses, before there was any of that, God created, created, He breathed out, and then he just stopped, paused and rest, and breathed back in. When the scripture says, God was refreshed. It's not refreshed like we would know refreshed. The word refreshed is a Hebrew word that means to breathe in. In other words, God breathed out in creation and God paused to refill Himself with the creative breath. God wants you to have a time to breathe back in so that you can re-engage the work He's called you to. Before there was ever a law, there was a Sabbath. The law only reinforced the importance of a day of rest. Second of all, answer me this. What other Ten Commandment is okay to break now? Like, does anyone plan to murder someone this week? Does anyone plan to worship a false God this week? Does anyone plan to covet? Cheat on your spouse? Like, are are any of the other? Do you know that some of the Ten Commandments focus on you as a person? Some of them are societal. But only one commandment is a spiritual discipline. And it is the Sabbath. To have a day that you honor God and rest. None of us plan to steal or covet or worship other gods this week. But yet in America, we glorify workaholism. And we wear it as a badge of honor. How you doing? I'm so busy. I'm so, I'm so busy right now. I can't, I mean, I'm like, I'm losing my mind. I'm so busy. ain't I amazing? <laughs> I almost don't hear any other answer when I talk to people. How you doing? We're so busy. We're so, I mean, we're so busy. We're like losing our minds busy. How's work? It's so busy. It's so busy. Like I cannot even keep up. It's so busy. And we're like unraveling, you know, so, so busy. The Sabbath is the only spiritual discipline that God gave. Now you have to understand the Ten Commandments were actually... You have to understand that the Hebrew people that the Ten Commandments were given to, this would be the group of... This is God's chosen people that would bring about the tribes of Israel, that would bring about the tribe of Judah, that would ultimately give birth to the Messiah. In other words, God had a lot of stock in this community making it. And so He instituted ten big rules that if a society were to follow, they would live healthy, honorable lives that would lead to prosperity and long life. And some of those were like honoring mother and father, not killing each other, not coveting each other's stuff, only worshiping God. And then all of a sudden, there's like, whoop, take a day off. Like, it, it doesn't even seem to fit. It's like, don't kill, don't work seven days a week. What? Like it, it doesn't even fit in the rest of the whole thing. You know, like, don't kill people, don't covet people, don't, don't worship other gods. Oh yeah, yeah, and don't work seven days a week. Do you know, out of all of the laws in the Old Testament, there were only a few punishable by death. Do you know this was one of them? In other words, it was so serious. God knew that if people were killing each other, if they were dishonoring their fathers and mothers, breeding a divisive and disrespectful society, And if they were workaholics, these people would never make it. Now we don't. Aren't you glad we don't live under that covenant? There's grace. If you make mistakes, there's grace. We're all works in progress. I'm so glad we live in the in the age of forgiveness and grace. But now our consequence actually comes from the lifestyle we choose to live. I mean, if you kill people, there's consequences. You live a life of envy and just covet everybody's stuff. Hashtag Facebook, Instagram, everything. Like, this is the life we live. There's also consequences if we decide we never want to take a break. And we're living in the age of consequence. To the God of the Bible, the presence of rest is as important as the absence of murder. I realize today I'm walking in someone's lawn come back next week I won't mess with your schedule <laughs> Exodus 31, 16-17 the people of Israel must keep the Sabbath day by observing it from generation to generation this is the covenant obligation for all time it is a permanent sign, are you getting this? God's like, I don't want you to miss this. From generation to generation. For all time. It is a permanent sign of my covenant with the people of Israel. For six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth. But on the seventh day he stopped working and breathed in. He took a rest. And friends, I have news for you. Our 21st century does not overrule The command and the need of Sabbath. It is a generation to generation. It is a permanent sign. We have to return to remembering the pace of heaven if we're going to experience the life that God has for us to live. And I need you to know it's not just a command for commandment's sake. Write this down. Number two, rest is a gift that keeps on giving. Because I realize there are literally people in the room right now that are like, how dare God command me not to work seven days a week? The audacity. Tell me what to do with my life. You know, I found that when God instructs me to do something, it's not because He needs it. It's because I do. God doesn't need anything from me. He is God all by Himself. The fact that He would even bother Himself with the affairs of men only speaks to how much He loves us. Listen to, rest is a gift that keeps on giving. Exodus 16, 25-30, through 30, Moses said, Eat this food today. For today is a Sabbath day dedicated to the Lord. There will be no food on the ground today. You may gather for six days, but on the seventh day it's a Sabbath. There will be no food on the ground that day. So some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day, but they found no food. Then the Lord asked Moses, How long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? Must They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. That is why He gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day. So that there will be enough for two days. And on the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place. Don't go out and pick up food on the seventh day. So the people did not gather any food on the seventh day. I need you to understand that Jesus never broke the the Torah law. Jesus actually said, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. What Jesus did do was Jesus violated the religious pharisaical trappings around the law. He messed people up because he pushed against their religion, not against God's way. In Mark 2, 23, I'm giving you a lot of scripture because I know you'll need it. Mark 2, 23-28 says, One Sabbath day as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, it's a nice little day off, just taking a stroll through the grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the disciples said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Doesn't it bother you when people are just in your life just to be like, Look! I'm like, get a life already, you know, like, unfollow me or something, like, you're obsessed with me, I don't know. Look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? And Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read the scriptures that what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God during the days when Abathar was high priest. And he broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests were allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. And Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not people to meet the requirements of Sabbath. And so the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Here's what I need you to get. Sabbath is a gift to you. Rest is a gift from God to you. God says there is a gift that I give my people, and it's called rest. You do not have to work under the world system and labor according to the world system. When you become a follower of Jesus, you enter the ways of Jesus. And you, you, you now step into the lifestyle that God has for you. And it is not a lifestyle of burning your life into the ground. It is not a lifestyle of law either. The Sabbath is life, not law. There are other, there are other movements and groups, and I won't call out names. You know, we would all know one. They like to knock on the door, send you stuff, you know, all that kind of stuff. But the reality is this. It's not about a special day. Matter of fact, the Bible teaches us to be aware of moon festivals and Sabbath rituals and all. Listen, there's a principle in play that if you practice it in in the spirit of life from Jesus, it will renew your soul. And for most of us, it's not religion though that's keeping us for rest. I get that there's some people that are very religious about the Sabbath and and maybe it's more draining for them than it is refreshing for them. That's not the heart of God. Matter of fact, it doesn't even need to be Sunday. But there should be a day out of every seven that you honor the Sabbath principle to lay down your need to produce and rest in God's love for you and provision for your life. See, the Sabbath is actually a declaration of faith that says we can go farther with six days God's way than I can with seven days of my own toil. I look at the Sabbath a lot like the tithe. It's a principle that doesn't make a lot of sense in the natural. That 90% of my income would go farther with God than 100% of my income my own way. And yet, this is exactly what God instructs us to do with the tithe. He says, honor me with the first 10%, and your 90 will be blessed. God says the same thing with our calendar. Your budget and your calendar are both equally important. God says you have six days to do everything you want. And on the seventh day, just rest. One out of seven, just rest. Enjoy me. Rest from your labor. And if you rest, not only will you get the benefit of rest, which some of y'all need really bad, but God will make up the difference for you. This is what the, the New Testament book of Hebrews is teaching us and it tells us that this is for today as well. Listen to Hebrews 4, 1-3. It says, God's promise of entering His rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you may fail to experience it. Catch this. God's promise of entering His rest still stands. We ought to tremble with fear that some might fail to experience it. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. Listen, I came with good news today for a weary life. That God's promise of rest still stands. You can receive rest. You can live rest. You can watch God bless a lifestyle of rest. If you will live your life God's way, you will not burn out for the kingdom. You'll actually burn brighter Jesus, where you work and where you live. There's some great examples of this, even in our modern day world. Chick-fil-A is a great example of this. They use a business model that is both amazing and frustrating. They close on Sundays, but get this a seventh of their revenue generating hours gone. They probably can't compete with other food chains, right? You ever been to a -A? (laughs) Chick-fil-A? Way wrong. Matter of fact, Chick-fil-A was the third largest grossing food chain by revenue in 2019. Even though most other food chains have two to three amount amount of stores that they have. They beat Taco Bell, Burger King, and Wendy's. Some of these have almost three times the locations that Chick-fil-A have. The typical Chick-fil-A will make $4.5 million a year compared to a McDonald's which will only cross the $2.9 million mark. And remember, they work six days a week, not seven. Friends, there is blessing in doing things God's way. God will not make you go backwards. His ways are abundant. Even in the wilderness where God was providing for the children of Israel. He would give them twice as much as they needed to make sure they had enough to cross the line. In the promised land even, God brought them into the land of promise and He said, listen, you're not even going to farm the land every single year. Every seven years, you're going to rest the land and let it replenish itself. Because even the land needs rest. And on the sixth year, God would give them not one, not two, but three times the harvest they needed. Because they needed to eat that year. And then they needed to eat the year they rested the land. And then they needed to last all the way until there was harvest on the first year of the new cycle. And God provided supernaturally. I would encourage you to know this. If you will do things God's way. Fifty years ago, we wouldn't even have been having this conversation. Everybody took the day off. Come on, somebody. Everybody did. But now we live in a 24-7 grind cycle world. And it's almost spiritual for us to be like, I never rest. Ever. I just serve the Lord all the time. I just work. I just work, you know. <laughs> and and God's like, no, listen, I've invited you into a rest from the beginning of creation. I've created for you a cycle in which you can be both productive and rested. You don't owe it to the world to burn your life into the ground. God wants you to be healthy and productive. There's an old Jewish saying, about Shabbat, which is what they call the Sabbath. There's an old Jewish saying that says this, more than Israel has kept Shabbat, Shabbat has kept Israel. God will bless you if you trust Him enough to cease from your endless work for one day just to honor Him and rest your soul. And Jesus said, this isn't about you being a slave to this day off. This is about you enjoying this day off. This is about you enjoying the God who created you. Enjoying the life that you have. So many of us are working so much, we can't even enjoy the life we're working for. This is not God's plan for your life. My final thought, I want to give this to you, is this, rest takes faith to receive. It takes faith to receive. And there's so many examples, by the way, I could give you. We know Hobby Lobby operates according to the Sabbath. Man, they're really going broke. Oh, wait, actually, they're not at all. Business people, can I challenge you? You don't need to be open seven days a week. Matter of fact, I I don't think they would mind me sharing this, but our friends at Blazenburgers that actually, (laughs) apparently our corporate sponsor for the day. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. But uh, they're members of our church. And I remember them telling me one time, because they struggled to be here, restaurant owners, all this stuff. And, They said, hey, pastor, we're going to drive a stake in the ground and we're closing the store. We're not going to work every day. I remember they came back like six months later. I said, hey, how's business? Like, how's the store busier than it's ever been? We're making more money than we ever have. We are more blessed than we've ever been. And we're rested. Because you have to make a decision. Are you going to work and and live off what you can produce yourself? Or are you going to posture yourself in faith to position your life for the blessing of God? Because God's looking for a way to show off in your life too. One of the best ways to allow God to show off in your life is to actually build in a rhythm of rest where God has the ability to make up the difference for you. God gets glory when His people tithe and prosper. The world would say that's crazy. You give away 10% of your money? That's freak show status. Yeah, and God blesses me abundantly for it. My life has only ever moved forward. You mean you you devote one day to just rest every week? How weird is that? Yeah, and my life only moves forward for it. I I only I'm only better for it. Do you know during the pandemic, there was only one group of Christians that did not report severe mental disablement. People that went to church every week. Not just once or twice, but every week. Do you know why I believe that is? I don't believe it's just because they went to church every week. It's because they built a principle into their life. That I honor God once a week. I devote a day to God once a week. I'm not just going to grind and grind and grind and grind and then die. I'm going to live a life that's productive, but that's also worshipful and restful. There is a promise God invites you into. Now listen to Hebrews 4, 1 through 3. God's promise of entering this rest still stands. Still stands. For only we who believe can enter this rest, he says in verse 3. So at the, at the core of our lack of rest is unbelief. I just need to address it today. You'll have to forgive me. and If you're super mad, come back next week. I'm going to talk about revival. It's going to be amazing. Okay? But it's unbelief. I, if you really drill down, well, I can't take a day off. You're fearful. You're fearful that if you rest, the world will leave you behind. If you rest, you'll lack. If you rest, you won't have enough to provide for your family. If you rest, you won't get ahead in your career. If what you're saying is, is my forward momentum as a human is dependent on my own toil and not God's blessing. It takes faith. It takes faith to devote a seventh of your week. It takes faith to just say, I'm just not going to produce today. Listen, do we believe that we can do more in our work than God can with our rest? Do we believe that? Or do we believe that God can bless our life supernaturally? Do we believe that God will make up the difference for us? Do we believe that God will give us more than we could produce on our own? Unbelief keeps many out of rest. But faith will guide us into the way of Jesus, which is rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28-30, Jesus said, Come to Me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you. What is the yoke? It's the way of Jesus. He says, Tether yourself to my way, and you will find rest for your soul. Jesus is not out there running you into the ground seven days a week. We're doing that to ourselves, the world is doing that to us. It seems by and large, we're doing things very different than Jesus instructed. You know that Jesus even made His disciples rest? He forced them to rest. Just read the Gospels. We see it all the time. He'd say, come away with me. But there's crowds and there's this and miracles. And I, he'd be like, no, 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 come on. Come and rest. Come away from the busyness of it and rest. Come away with me for a while and rest. Why? If He would not have made His disciples left, they would have left Him, burnt out, or become addicted to their work. And you know what? I'm seeing a lot of disciples of Jesus fall into those three categories. They're leaving the faith. Confused, twisted, and messed up. They're burning out. Weary. Or they're addicted to their work. And I see so many of these things happening. But when God began teaching the people of God, the Hebrew people this, I need you to catch this and this is where I want to land today. When He delivered these people, they were slaves in Egypt. Driven to work. To produce. And if they didn't work and produce, they were beaten for it. Why? Because a slave only has value for one thing. Production. As long as you produce, you're a good slave. The moment you stop producing, you're no longer a valuable slave and you have no value to me anymore. So what God was trying to teach these former slaves was that your value is not in your production. Your value is in who God created you to be. I love this about Jesus as well. God did not wait till Jesus died on the cross and say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. It was in the waters of baptism Before Jesus had done a single miracle. Before He had healed a single leper. Before He would opened one set of blind eyes. Before He would raised one person from the dead. That is when the voice of the Father spoke over Jesus. This is my beloved Son. This is my boy. And I'm proud of Him. And I love Him. For what? He hadn't done anything yet. Just because He's my Son. And I'm pleased with Him. I'm pleased with who He is. And friends... Listen, there's still a little bit of slavery in each and every one of us. There's still a little bit of performance in each and every one of us. There's still a little bit baked into every single one of us that says, well, if I don't do enough my value is lesser if I don't produce enough I don't know that God will love if I'm not good enough I'm not sure God will love me God's acceptance of you has nothing to do with you it has everything to do with the blood of Jesus that was shed for you on the cross you are accepted by God because of Jesus you are loved by God because of Jesus before you do a single good thing you are loved by God you are accepted by God you don't have to strive you don't have to earn it you don't have to do anything God accept you just as you are. Maybe your parents would not, (laughs) but God does. Maybe your boss would not, but God does. See, the Sabbath, it safeguards our lives from becoming slaves again. It's a declaration every week that I am not defined by my production. I am not how much money I make. I'm not how many sales I close. I am not how many whatever I accomplish. I am not, I am not the sum total of how early I can get to the office. I am a son or a daughter of God. I am saved by grace through faith in Jesus. I am loved by my father in heaven and I can rest. I can receive. I can worship. I can just be loved by God. It is a weekly heart check for each of us. It screams at that slave in me and you. You do not control my life. You do not define my life. I am loved by God. And I'll tell you what, if you'll honor the Sabbath, you'll go forward, not backward. You'll be rested. You won't be burned out. You will experience supernatural blessing in your business, supernatural promotion on your workplace, supernatural rest upon your life. We owe it to our children not to raise them in a culture where they're burned out and mentally destroyed before they even become adults. We owe it to our God who paid with His life to live bright for Jesus in the day and age we live. I had a gal come up to me before service and I know this is going to be at risk of sounding braggy. But she said, are you always this upbeat? And I'm like, no. But like 90% of the time I am. (laughs) I never want to become the person that somebody would look at my life and go, if they love Jesus, I don't want none. If that's what it looks like to follow Jesus, raggedy, tore up, wrung out, burnt out, barely getting pie living on drugs just to keep my mind together because I'm so strung out and a slave to the production system this world has fed us. No, no, no. I'm going to make a faith statement. I don't even got to work every day. God blesses me. God is my promoter. God is my provider. I'll work hard. I'll work almost anyone under the table. But six days a week, baby. I'm going to give God my best and then I'm going to give God my worship. That's what the Sabbath is we got to keep it holy. This isn't new. This is old. But there's power in those old ways, friends. This generation could use a little bit more of the old way that's kept humanity for thousands of years. So what do we do? What is the Sabbath? Sabbath literally just means to cease. Just stop. Just stop it. Just stop acting like that email determines your future. Stop acting like 70 hours a week, 80 hours a week is going to determine everything for you. Stop believing that it's all about you and your production. And rest. Take a day off. Put your email away. Shut social media off. Don't watch the news. Let me say it this way. Let me give you two things. Two things that will help you. Stop what drains you. You don't lock yourself in the house and be all weird about the Sabbath. Jesus said the Sabbath is for you, not you for it. I'm not a slave to the Sabbath. It is a gift to me. Whatever floats your boat, baby, do it on the Sabbath. And worship the Lord and thank God for the life He's given you. Go to church, then go shopping. Go to church, go golfing. Do your thing. Maybe it needs to be a Thursday because that's the best rhythm. Just guard it. Just keep it holy. If an emergency comes up, pick a different day. It's a gift for you. And it's a gift that if you open it, it will bless you. If you don't open it, it will ring you out. Why leave a gift on the table? It's for you. Stop what drains you. Here's a big one do what fills you. Be in your Bible worship the Lord enjoy the life he's given you love your kiddos I'll land with this story I think this is so cool because the the Hebrew tradition is so alive with the idea of the Sabbath still and Jewish fathers what they will do is they'll get up before their children and they will um, they will make things with honey me and my sons we've been going to get pancakes on our Sabbath We go out and just whatever you want. You want the big waffle? You want the full pancreas punch? Just go for it. But here's what what they're trying to teach their children. The Sabbath is sweet. We don't have to do this. Matter of fact, we can work every day if we want. Many of us do. But I would ask you this. Has it got you where you want to go? I can say with confidence... It has not and will not. The Sabbath is sweet. It's God's gift. And we are invited to keep it holy and reap all of the blessing therein. Can I pray for you and get you out of here? I want to invite our prayer teams to come forward too. And as we close our services out, you're welcome to come forward and receive prayer. We just want to pray for you, be a blessing to you. But I just want to pray God's peace, God's rest over you. Listen, there's no condemnation. You don't owe God anything. If you've been skipping, He's not out there like, you better take six months off now to make the... No, no. This is a gift. And just as He spoke about His people in the Old Testament, He would invite us in this today. Help them to understand that the Sabbath is a gift. You don't have to be a slave. You're a son. You don't have to be a slave. You're a daughter. Your worth, your value, your identity is in who you are in God. And you are invited into a lifestyle of rest. So I just want to pray over you today. And I want to pray for anybody that's here today. If you would say this, you would say, I'm not where I need to be with Jesus. I would invite you into a relationship with Jesus as well. Maybe you once followed God, but now you're far from God. Maybe you've never opened up your life and said... No, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Jesus offers forgiveness and He offers new life to any who would trust on Him and the work that He did for you on the cross. He was perfect because we're not. And He modeled it perfectly because we never will. But He invites you, not just into rest, but in salvation. Matter of fact, I love this in Psalm 62, verse 1. It says, my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from Him. You bow your heads with me. And I want to invite you not just into a rhythm of rest that will help your life, but I want you to invite you into the rest that only comes from the salvation of God. There's rest for your soul. So listen, if you're here today and you just say, pastor, I'm not where I need to be with Jesus, but I need to be. You know, we had 23 people just in this room, except Jesus as Lord and savior last week. It's normal. God's always calling people. So listen, if you're here today and you'd say, pastor, I'm not where I need to be with Jesus, but I want to be I just need to accept the Lord into my life. I, I need to get my life right. I need forgiveness. I need to find rest for my soul. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to count to three. On the count of three, I just want you to slip your hand up so I can see it. One, two, three, all across the room. Just slip them up. Raise them high. Raise them high. Hi, hi, hi. I see you and you and you and you and you and you and you. If you're online, just post in the chat. Just say, that's me or post a hand raised. I see you, young man. I see you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray right now that they would reach out to you by faith. That they would call on the name of the Lord and be saved. Put your trust squarely in Jesus. Him and Him alone is where your help comes from. It's where your salvation comes from. I pray supernatural rest for their souls. And Lord, I pray over every single person in this room, if we have been caught up in the labor of this world, our identity is in it, or we're just ground to a pulp, I pray that we would step in, Lord, to this promise of rest. Where we can just stop and worship and receive rest once a week. May we walk in your principles and reap all the blessing from it. I pray for great testimony to come out of people trusting you and experiencing blessing in their life. Rest your people, Lord. Protect us from the destruction that comes from wearing our lives out. May we burn on for you in Jesus' name. Amen.